0: Welcome to The Principled Podcast, brought to you by LRN. The Principled Podcast brings together the collective wisdom on ethics, business and compliance, transformative stories of leadership, and inspiring workplace culture. Listen in to discover valuable strategies from our community of business leaders and workplace changemakers. Hello, and welcome to another episode of LRN's Principled Podcast. My name is Ben Di Pietro. In addition to being the editor and host of this podcast, I am also the editor of LRN's ENC Pulse Newsletter, and I hope you can find that and subscribe. We're uh, speaking across the pond today to someone in Germany, Hiltred Werner. She is a member of Volkswagen's Board of Management, and she's in charge of their integrity and legal affairs. And so we welcome Hiltrud here with us today. How are you, Hiltred?
1: Hello, and uh, thank you for the warm welcome.
0: You've been uh, in charge of uh, restructuring the company's compliance after the emissions problems of a few years ago. And so we're uh, excited to hear about all the things you've done. And uh, well, let's, before we do that, though, tell us a little bit about your career path and how it led you to this uh, position here on Volkswagen's uh, board.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. The position of a board member for integrity and legal affairs. Uh, had been introduced um, at the beginning of 2016 after the emissions uh, scandal, and I assumed my role just uh, one year later. Um, Before that, I was the uh, global head of internal audit at Volkswagen from early 2016 on. Um, Before that, I had already worked uh, around about 15 years in uh, internal audit in companies such as BMW, MAN, and ZF Friedrichshafen. This title, Board Member for Integrity and Legal Affairs, doesn't say it, but it also includes that I oversee departments like the Group Compliance Function and our Global Risk Management to manage all these activities. Also, I was responsible for overseeing our central monitorship coordination and also the diesel task force to investigate the technical side of our former misconduct. This board position that I took was a clear mandate from the supervisory board, and it was very important for them to give the issue of integrity the right importance. Doing the right thing out of personal conviction, uh, what integrity means is for us now just as important as acting only in accordance with the law.
0: What sparked your interest in ethics and compliance? Where did you first come encounter with it and decide you wanted to be a part of that is your career path.
1: I took off uh, my career in IT when I changed to internal audit. That was clearly because I saw that I was good in driving change and looking at processes. And I was always interested in compliance and good corporate governance and risk management. So it all came together nicely for me.
0: And obviously, you had to exercise those change management muscles when you uh, helped steer the company out of this uh, scandal. You recently exited the monitorship for what was happening. So let's spend a little bit uh, talking about that. What did you learn about VW's uh, culture as a result of what happened with the emissions issues? And how did you and the board use that information to devise and then enact the changes that you did?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. As I said, I I came to Volkswagen in 2016, so after the scandal, but I believe that Volkswagen had a very strong hierarchical culture where a lot of people were not used to speak out to their superior or people even above their own superior. That meant that after the scandal, changes had to run through the entire company especially in my own board area, for example, and, of course, uh, even more in the HR department. There are lots of challenges for initiatives to change the corporate culture towards a speak-up culture and to anchoring compliance and integrity in many processes In HR, for example, alone, uh, there were several dozen processes from recruitment to management development that really needed to look into fostering a better corporate culture. In my board responsibility, of course, uh, I could contribute to those processes as well by putting a, a very strong whistleblower system in place where people had to Live the speak up culture and also could trust the system that they knew we protect whistleblowers and that's working pretty well now
0: can you tell us a little bit about the changes that were made then what was the program if there was before and how have it been bolstered now because of what you guys have done to make that a little bit more welcoming for people to come forward
1: i mean you cannot dictate a change of the corporate culture. It really has to be supported by the motivation and the willingness of the whole workforce. So most important to achieve that was um, the tone at the top. As everyone in the boardroom was firmly convinced that an open corporate culture and strong values and also integrity of our actions were very important, we tried to lead that change uh, with a very strong role model program and uh, effective ethics and compliance program. We have invested heavily in rebuilding and developing those programs. And what the board did at the time we installed a program that's called Together for Integrity, which is a worldwide cultural change program as an integral part of our group corporate strategy Together 2025 Plus. And these cultural changes are still ongoing. They are far from over. I mean, as you know, corporate culture is never stable. Yeah, At every moment in time, it either deteriorates or it improves. So it's a never-ending process. We need constant focus. And of course, compliance is also evolving all the time because you always get new new social and legislative issues to deal with.
0: So how challenging then was it to get buy-in from rank and file? And how are you measuring the changes then? What are you using to see if progress is being made or if there's one step back and two step forward? How are you sort of figuring out where you are at any given moment?
1: Well, Volkswagen, this is the biggest change process ever because you could say it's a three-dimensional change. It's overcoming the crisis. It is the electrification of our vehicles, of our fleets. And at the same time, it's also changes because of the digitalization and digitization of of our business processes. So that, that means there was no one who was not affected by any changes. And the entire group, board management, but also the board members and top managers of all brands and many of the companies, they had given a very clear commitment to this, also a formal declaration of commitments. And in our way to get that buy-in, we focused quite heavily on discussion formats, on collaborative measures, on being there worldwide, uh, reaching out to our employees, engaging them in perception workshops and meetings and votings. And that was a very good investment for sustainable change. It did cost a lot of money and it needed also quite some time. But I think everyone has understood that it's not enough to overcome the diesel scandal. We need to be a scandal free company and the scandal can break out in many departments in procurement or in finance or wherever as you can see on other in other companies so we had to make sure that our culture is strong enough to make us robust and that people would speak out if they have the feeling something is wrong
0: what would you like to see next then in the evolution of the culture what's the next goals you have and how is COVID changing your planning and implementation in this whole area? Obviously, it's had an impact on life in general.
1: The next really is that we prove to the outside world that what we do is not done only because we, we had to do it because of the must in terms of the monitorship, but also that we want it, that it comes from inside and that this heavy work on corporate culture compliance and risk management also on product and environmental compliance was really because we have understood our lesson i mean with covid-19 of course that put an additional uh, pressure on such processes and on the cultural change because we had to switch from face-to-face events to virtual formats and it's a great challenge if you if you want to get buy in of people and if you want to motivate people and but i must say so far we have mastered that quite good and uh, Volkswagen also had an excellent crisis management and high discipline and integrity of our employees in the factories and the offices so our infection rates are on all our plant uh, locations uh, below the infection rates in their societies. So we are particularly proud of the process, how we have managed COVID-19 in our organization.
0: Let's move a little beyond the emissions then. As someone who sits on a board and who's also worked in the ENC and led the program, what do you see as some of the good things the ENC programs do and what would you like to see the function improve upon?
1: It's like with, you know, every process, you have to take it serious. It's about clear processes and it's also about ongoing training. Ethics and compliance don't have a finish line for many reasons. New stuff is joining in. There are new regulations or legislation coming in. And, and there could always be bad behavior or bad culture just waiting outside your door. So it's not about printing colorful brochures and distributing them. It's about training. It's about whole model programs. It's also about targets for the management, 360-degree feedback, for example, also, and giving clear feedback to everyone what's expected from them and whether they are there or yet or not. And for Volkswagen, it means that the whole management team has to stand behind it and that must be visible to our employees. My team just recently made an analysis where we saw that uh, 20% of time spent by the board in meetings over the past two years were topics about compliance, integrity, risk management, or business partner due diligence. And if people read our board meeting minutes, then they see that we have given those topics a lot of room. So a department manager cannot say, you know, we have to deal with KPIs and the number of cars we produce. We have no time for that. I mean, we, we set the example and, and show that you have to have time for that uh, on top of your your business targets. And at the same time, we also take every single board proposal and measure it also, with an integrity statement where we look if we make that decision, how does it line up with our integrity statements? Is it in sync with our our targets? does it positively or negatively affect our reputation and if we do so 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 looking also to incorporate the new thinking in each and every decision, no matter whether it's about a new model or a new plant or financial targets, I think that is really setting an example. And it's also a sustainability statement in itself, because it's a huge success if the tone from the top shows we enforce what we also ask others to do, what we ask our management to do.
0: Yeah, and certainly a way to embed it into the program in a more meaningful way than simply making a program and just saying it's there. Germany recently passed a law mandating a percentage of board members be women. Are these laws necessary to make companies diversify their boards and why are so many boards reluctant to do this without being told to?
1: I think a lot of boardrooms had their chance to do it without a law. So at the status where we are at the moment, I welcome the legal initiative. I must say, the older I've gotten, the more far-reaching my experience that, and therefore I have become a proponent of the quota. I believe that there are enough women who meet necessary uh, criteria and necessary skill sets, but uh, unfortunately, often enough, they cannot assert themselves. So in many companies, those changes to a large proportion of women, is just taking too long. And in in the time where we where we are now where we cannot risk to overlook potentials in our companies i think that will be beneficial to men and women likewise and at the same time of course diversity is for me and also for everyone else in the company more than just a gender issue Other criteria, like nationality, age, education, biography or sexual orientation, they all bring added value to every discussion and everybody, including the boardroom. So I welcome the initiative and I hope that a lot of boards experience the benefit of diversity in decision making and see that new thoughts and solutions help them to come to better decisions or even boost creativity and helps creating fresh ideas or discussing topics more openly. So this will hopefully help, especially in the disruptive transformation in the automotive industry as well.
0: So on the flip side of that, what advice do you, uh, you have to E&C professionals on what they need to do to make themselves attractive candidates for board service And what skill sets do they need to develop beyond the ones they already have?
1: I think a lot of people that work in in ethics and compliance have profound knowledge of the business processes in their organization. And that is really a must. You have to be very close to the business. You have to be able to talk eye to eye level with the business. And it needs to be an integral part of every business decision, really, that that compliance sits on the table, even if there is no compliance manager in the room. And I think that's where our job is. And I think if ethics and compliance officers act in that way, the way they, they understand their own job, that they are an enabler for management to, or a consultant, then they also qualify for other jobs in the company likewise.
0: Great. I want to thank you uh, so much for taking time with us today and uh, hope you stay well and look forward to seeing what uh, comes next out of Volkswagen. Thank you so much, Ulrich.
1: Ben, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode. The
0: Principled Podcast is brought to you by LRN. At LRN, our mission is to inspire principled performance in global organizations by helping them foster winning ethical cultures rooted in sustainable values. Please visit us at LRN.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave us a review.